Hey, it's Troy and Scott from Who Cares About Men's Health. We are on vacation this summer. I wish we were on vacation. We're not actually, we're still working, but we are taking a break from recording episodes for a little while. We wanted to share with you some of our favorite episodes. And this episode was definitely in my top three. This is about hidden sugars, uh, where, you know, you're looking at different foods we eat and just seeing exactly how much sugar is in these. For me, this was very surprising as we go through some of these numbers. Yes. Imagine if you will, everything you eat made it onto this list. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was like for Troy. Just a crazy. Pop, right? I know. I thought I was such a healthy eater that we start talking about this stuff. It was just, it was eye opening. That's right. Hidden sugars. We're talking about refined sugars. Uh, they hide in some of the sneakiest places. And you'll learn all about that in this episode. By the way, we will be back with new episodes coming up soon. But in the meantime, here is Thunder Jalili and our episode called Surprise. It's Hidden Sugar on Who Cares About Men's Health. Here's my thing. When vegetarian food starts is... to try to pretend it's meat, that's when it fails in my mind. Uh, but a bean I burger is not a burger. It's a bean sandwich. To me, that's a different <laughs> thing. The podcast is called Who Cares About Men's Health? We aim to give you the inspiration and motivation to start being the best that you can be. My name is Scott Singpill. I'm the manager of thescoperadio.com, and I care about men's health. And I'm Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm an emergency physician at the University of Utah, and I care about men's health. My name is Dr. Thunder Jalili. I'm with the Department of Nutrition and Integrative Physiology, and I care about men's health. All right. One of the dangers when you're eating is uh, hidden sugars. So we've talked about sugars, refined sugars, how it's easy to eat a lot of them, which gets you a lot of calories, which then could cause you to gain weight. Plus, there's also other negative health benefits around uh, those types of added sugars to foods. So we're going to play a little game called How Much Hidden Sugar? And Thunder has come in with five different food choices. And Troy, you and I are going to try to guess how much hidden sugar is in these food items that many people might consider healthy. Yeah. And these are pretty much all food items that I eat and I consider healthy. So I'm really curious what we're going to find on these. All right. So how much hidden sugar, Thunder, what are we going to start with here? We're going to start with something that most people consume every day, and that is bread. So if you think about your typical slice of grocery store white bread, does it have hidden sugar and how much? Beyond, above and beyond just the processed flour, which is problematic. So we're not counting the carbohydrate in the bread, right? We're just counting, is the manufacturer adding sugar to that oh, wow. product? To make it taste better. So added sugar. I've never thought of added sugar in bread. Nope, and if someone either. asked me, I'd say no, there's no I, added sugar. I would have said no as well, given the fact that it's on the quiz. Um, Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Are, are we doing teaspoons, grams? Let's, let's operate in terms of grams and I'll uh, try to convert it into teaspoons so it makes more sense. Okay. I'm going to so say- So how many grams in two slices of, like you make a sandwich, two slices oh. of typical bread? Um, what Help do you me think, with Troy? grams. How many grams are in a teaspoon? Four grams in one teaspoon. Oh. Um, so I'm going to say, now that we're asking the question in two slices, I'm going to say four grams then, one teaspoonful. I'm going to say one in each. So I'm going to go eight grams, two okay. teaspoons. We're, we're closer to Troy. It's actually three grams, which is about a teaspoon. It's a little less than a teaspoon. Hmm. Still, I'm surprised. Like I said, because we're doing this, I assume there's hidden sugar. If you'd asked me prior to this, I would have said no. Yeah. So let me pose the question. Why is there sugar added to bread in the first place? It's bread. I bet it's... Oh, Scott knows. Oh. Scott oh. raised his hand. No, now I feel all... No, <laughs> okay. Scott, go ahead. Yes. I didn't. It was Star just a, here. It was just a reflex reaction. Um, because they don't use enough fat in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a preservative. It's no, for none of those reasons. It's just huh. added because... 
to make the bread sweet because people like sweet things. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Assumed as, yeah. Not all countries do this. You go to Europe and the bread there typically will not have sugar added to it. And mm, the but bread, their bread is different. gross. It's gross. <laughs> their, their bread is very good. It was raised on American bread. It's got to have sugar. Yeah. All okay, right. So number two, uh, the game is called How Much Hidden Sugar? What's your second one? So uh, this is uh, in honor of Troy because he is a top fan. Oh, we can't say that. <laughs> How much hidden sugar in a bean burrito? Can we say top? We could beep it out. Okay. But every time you say I have to hit the beep button. So if we could stop now, that would be great. We just say I'm a fast food Mexican restaurant, very popular Mexican restaurant fan. Okay. It is one of my favorite places to go if I am going out for fast food. And right. I consider it a healthy option compared to other fast food. Okay, so a bean burrito a bean from burrito this particular at this establish. particular establishment. All right, how many teaspoons of how sugar? How many grams, how many grams of, of sugar do you think one of these bean burritos would have? Yeah. I, prior to this, I would have said none. Again, kind of like the bread thing. I just, I don't think of it as having sugar. I think of it as relatively healthy. Yeah, because you wouldn't think inside it's got beans. It's got beans. Right, cheese. It's got cheese lettuce. and that's it. No. Oh, no it's lettuce. bean and cheese. It's very simple. You got the tortilla, so there's probably some sugar, hidden sugar in that. Okay. Maybe that's where there's hidden sugar. Yeah. All right. So again, I'm going to go with the bread answer, and it was three grams and two slices of bread. So I'm going to say two grams because we're talking about just one tortilla. My strategy is to always <laughs> double what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say four grams. You need to double my number. You guys are both close. It's right in the middle. Three grams. <laughs> three grams again. The it's question I would, I would ask is, do you just eat one bean burrito or more than one? Oh, it's at least two. Okay. It's okay. at least two. Yeah. So there I'm getting six they're grams. Big. They're not super big. Yeah, you got to get two. So, so right there, you're at six grams, one teaspoon and a half at that point. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Not, not a disaster, but it's still surprising us there. And yeah. to your point, Scott, it's in the um, it's in the tortilla part. Okay. Okay. Uh, Interesting. All right. How much hidden sugar? Number three. Number three. Everyone's uh, favorite healthy snack: yogurt. So, how about a flavored yogurt, like uh, strawberry flavored, oh, blueberry hmm, flavored yogurt? We all like to buy. Yeah, and it's healthy. You would one, assume. One would it's assume. Yogurt. But yeah. I think the flavoring probably is where you're getting your added sugar because it is yeah. pretty sweet. If you have just true on unflavored Greek yogurt, it can be a bit bitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only I if you get it in the low fat version. If you get high fat version, it tastes pretty good. Mm. Oh. Interesting. I've tried the low fat and I was like, I can't do this. Um, yeah. I'm going to say in a flavored yogurt, just a little cup, right? Yeah, just say your standard, you standard. know, four ounce or so of I'm gonna flavored say, yogurt. I'm going to say there's... Um, Three teaspoons of added sugar. So how many grams is that? Would that would be 12 grams. Oh, I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to say there's five teaspoons of added sugar in that wow. little cup. 20 grams? I was going to say 10. So I guess we're sticking with our grams. pattern. You're going double. I was just going to say 10. So you're saying 20. Okay. The correct answer is actually 10 grams wow, of added sugar. Okay. Now, you know, it's going to vary depending on what kind of yogurt you get, what is flavored with. Vanilla yogurt like typically has a lot of sugar or honey flavored yogurt has a lot. Um, but 10 grams, that is two and a half teaspoons. Yeah. So one thing of in one a thing. small yeah. container. Yeah. So again, visually image, visually imagine yourself going over to the, the white sugar container in your kitchen, yeah. taking so one, can, taking one, two and, and a half, and a half yeah. into that little small cup and mixing that in. Like you would never think of doing that. Right. So, wow. That's a, that's right. a pretty good sugar load. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, if they put a teaspoon of sugar in like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, they're thinking, you know, oh, that's a lot of sugar. 
And this is your snack. This is yeah, correct. How much hidden sugar? Number four. Okay, number four. Another um, uh, supposedly healthy food. Uh, you guys know the uh, uh, the instant oatmeal packets that come in the paper right. packets. You just add water, and you got a healthy breakfast. Yeah, oatmeal's yeah. great for your health. Yep. You got that good uh, soluble fiber in there. Good for your heart, right? Yep. So perfect. That's right. So so think about that paper packet. Doesn't matter what flavor you like. Apple, cinnamon. You know. Um, Maple, whatever flavor. Uh, they're all be about flavored. the same amount of sugar. So how much do you think that has? Yeah. One of those paper packets. Oh, I'm going to go again with the yogurt. And I'm going to say it's 10 grams, similar to yogurt. I've been guessing like high every <laughs> time. You don't want to keep doubling no. his guesses? No, that's a You're terrible strategy. I don't know <laughs> what I was thinking. Yet. <laughs> we are moving on to a new strategy. I'm going to say one teaspoon. <sighs> I think in grams. So four grams? Yeah, four yeah. Grams no, I am. I am, I am, I am. I'm going to go um, six grams, so one and a half teaspoons. Okay. You should have fell back on your strategy of just oh, doubling. No. <laughs> so 20 grams? 18 grams. 18 That's grams. Insane. So you're talking uh, four and a half teaspoons of sugar in one of those little paper packets of oatmeal. That's now, insane. Do we really just eat one of those for breakfast? Because they're pretty small. Yeah. A lot of times, like people eat two. Right. So wow. now you're doubling that. You're at 36 grams of sugar. So that's nine and teaspoons. And you're looking at nine teaspoons of sugar. So nine teaspoons. That's my breakfast. Just eating, nine, eating some yeah. sugar. All Just right. put that's nine crazy. teaspoons in a bowl and go crazy. Just as wow. well go get those sugar smacks. I, I mean, know. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think they have like six grams of sugar. Yeah? Yeah. So there's less. less grams. There are less grams of sugar in sugar smacks than there are in flavored oatmeal. Correct. Is this a, how did you know that off the top of your head? <laughs> uh, because snacks. like one They're time I was looking at that cereal and I was shocked that it was as low as it was. But wow. the other thing to think about, just one last thing about this paper, you know, paper packaged oatmeal, uh, 18 grams of sugar. That entire product I think has around 40 grams of total product period. So 50% of the content is sugar. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That that blows my mind. That oh yeah, because you always think of it as healthy. You can't eat just the unflavored oatmeal. It's disgusting. So you get to have four and a half teaspoons of sugar to, to tolerate it, apparently. <laughs> All right. How much hidden sugar number five? Okay. Uh energy bars. Everyone loves to have energy bars. They're quick oh, snacks. Yeah. You use it when you're, you know, exercising or you're in between meals. So think of a typical energy bar you like. Um, how much hidden sugar? Yeah, and this is something I used to consume on a regular basis. And then I looked at the amount of sugar in it and I said, wow, I can't believe it. I'm going to say 15 yeah. grams. Okay. Good guess. So four, eight, 12. So just about four teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. Four teaspoons in one bar. I have heard some people say that these things are just about as bad as a candy bar. Yeah. Like it's just I, about as I've bad as, yeah. Um, Which is crazy. It is crazy because, you know, it's in the health food aisle, right? Yes. <laughs> so and I think of it as a health food. What's it doing there? Um, so you're going with four, which is... Yeah, I went with 15 grams, 15 four grams. teaspoonfuls. I'm going to go with um, six teaspoons. So, so 24, ooh, 24 grams. grams. You guys both underestimated. The Are one that kidding? we looked up has 31.6 grams of added kidding. sugar. Yeah. That's wow. insane. That's a and lot. This, this is That's a, a lot. This is not just some nine, random nine teaspoons. energy bar you looked up. This is a... Brand name, very common energy Correct. bar Brand that name. I have consumed on a regular basis. First I, name, pretty close to the beginning of the alphabet. Most people out there have had this bar at one time or another. Again, not all of them are going to have this much, but uh, most energy bars do have a pretty substantial amount of added sugar. So 31 grams. 
31 grams. And that is our winner yeah. for that the is most our winner. sugar that's our winner. of everything we've talked okay. about. That's, one, that's crazy. One other thing I wanted to add to this. So we talked about white bread, bean burrito, a flavored yogurt, a flavored oatmeal, a bar. It's entirely possible somebody <laughs> would eat all of these foods in one day. Yeah. None of them seem to be too outrageous. Yeah, right. so let's let's add yeah. that up. 66 grams of added sugar. Which is how many teaspoons? That is 66 divided by four. Uh, maybe we're good 15, at math. We 16. 15, 16, yeah, yeah. Almost 16, 16 teaspoons, teaspoons of added sugar. That is that is a lot. 16 and a half. Yeah, That's I mean, crazy. again, imagine yeah. going to the deal of sugar and just, just throughout the day doing 16 of those yeah. teaspoons. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great point. I looked up how much um, added sugar that you should have. And according to the American Heart Association, they say men should only have nine teaspoons or 150 calories worth in a day. Right. And we just had these five foods that we thought were fairly healthy and they actually added up to 66. Yep. And if you throw a soda in on that uh, mix, there's eight oh, grams right well, there. The uh, no, soda is like what? 12 ounces has about 40 grams oh, of sugar. I'm sorry, eight <laughs> teaspoons. Yeah, yeah eight, eight teaspoons. So that blows wow. everything out of the water. So yeah. this and all adds soda. up, right? It all, it all, it all, it all adds up. up. Not mm. only in calories, but um, yeah. just not good stuff to have yeah. in your body. So even if you think you're being healthy, you still got to be a little careful because some of those things are, they do have added sugar and it's sneaky. Wow, that was like really eye-opening little exercise there because just in that short period of time, we realized that one of those kind of protein type bars has 16 teaspoons of added sugar and between that and a fast food burrito, a yogurt and a couple pieces of bread and some of that pre-processed oatmeal, that's 66 grams of added sugar, which is like a lot more than you would should ever have in any particular day. Yeah, no, that, that really is eye-opening, Scott, because like, I, you know, as we we're talking about this, I'm thinking this is not an atypical day for me. This is stuff I eat. So, Thunder, it's great to have you on the show again. Love all the information you're providing. Great to talk to you. Thanks for being here and, and talking to us. And, and thanks for caring about men's health. So, Scott, so summer's coming up and, you know, I just keep having this thought that I'm just so restless. I want to get outside. I want to do things. Um, and I think we're probably all feeling the same way, but we're really asking what can we actually do? You know, I'm, I'm looking at June, July, I want to make some plans, you know, get out and do something. Uh, but for many of us, I think our plans have been canceled and we're really unclear on where we can go, what we can do, what's safe, what we should avoid. I know, Mitch, you were just saying you just canceled that you had an Amtrak trip planned, planned up to Oregon. You just canceled. Yeah, we had an Amtrak trip and a, a river rafting wedding where we were afraid that people were going to be too close to one another. And so they canceled both of those. So, so was, yeah. the wedding was going to be occur on the river rafting trip? Yeah. And then at the end, we were going to have a little ceremony at the wherever the raft pulled in. So, Oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah it would have yeah. been. I think when COVID first came, we thought that it was just something that was going to come and go, right? So we were all willing to kind of shelter in place and do our part. Right. But it's really turning into more of a chronic condition, right? It's something that we just have to live with and we have to deal with and be mindful about even in the summertime. So I thought... Your idea is great. I would like to see if we could get some rules because I think about this too. How can we perhaps still do some of the stuff that we enjoy in summer, but still be safe in, in, a, in a world of COVID? So for me, the way I think about it, and Troy, I would like you to, to chime in on this because you are the one with EMD here in the room. To me, it comes down to how much risk am I willing to tolerate? That's kind of the first thing, right? Because everything sure. has inherent risk. The next thing is I have to take my own situation into account. So not only how much risk am I personally willing to tolerate, but what is my personal situation and who else might I be affecting by my decision? So, uh, you know, if somebody works in a long-term care facility, they might want to not tolerate as much risk because they then risk go, uh, going in and, and at work and actually causing a lot of damage. 
Right. Like, or also who, the people you're spending time with. How much risk are you willing to put them at if you have, you know, family members or friends who are older or have conditions that put them at higher risk? I think that's the other thing you have to balance as well. So the question is, is there a set of criteria that you can use to decide whether or not an event or something you've got planned this summer is safe to proceed with or not? Or maybe you need to get creative and come up with something else. And what we came up with is time, proximity and protective equipment. So if you keep these three things in mind, I think you can make a lot of the decisions whether or not something you're doing is potentially dangerous or not. And Troy, can you explain this concept of time, proximity, and protective equipment? Yeah, Scott, I really like that because it keeps it simple. Just think, like you said, TPP. Okay, time. How much time am I spending right next to a person or with a person? Proximity. How close am I to this person or to these other people? And then if you can't really limit those things, then personal protective equipment, wearing that equipment, typically that means wearing a mask, uh, wearing eye protection, you know, that, that can be an issue as well, or just having that on. And I think if you're able to balance those things, limiting the amount of time with people or the proximity, how close you are to those people, or having personal protective equipment or throwing that into the mix as well, I think you can take a lot of activities this summer things that you may not have been doing recently, but it can open some more doors to be able to get out and make some plans and do some things. So in Mitch's case, the river rafting trip, take a look at that through time, proximity and protective equipment. Mitch, what is your, do you think you made the right decision or do you think the right decision was made on that to cancel it? Well, I think the right decision was made because we would be on the river together for a couple hours for multiple days. And the trip ended at a small like riverside chapel with grandma, grandma and grandpa, the older people. And I know that mm. for the couple, that was too much of a risk for them. So yeah. I think they yeah. made the right choice. Yeah, and you're in a raft, right? Which is that yeah. proximity factor. I mean, even yeah. if we're a lot of time, a lot of proximity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, even though you're outside and we're right next to one another for days on end, yeah. so. And that's the other consideration too. Outdoor activities, probably better than indoor activities from what I understand. Not a lot of confirmed cases where people have gotten COVID outside. Where it tends to spread is when you're inside, you're close proximity to somebody like um, we've heard in the Midwest meatpacking plants. Um, we've heard call centers. We've heard choirs. You've got a lot of that vapor traveling around. You're around those people for a prolonged period of time and um, you know, you're super close to them, right? So those are, those are bad things. And that's a good point, Scott, because I think that's where you can kind of modify that proximity piece. I think if you're outside more, you know, you just don't have where you're just in the same room, you've got the same air circulating through, then maybe that's kind of the thing that does allow you to be a little bit closer to people or spending more time with them than you would feel comfortable doing inside. Yeah. Going to a national park, is that a good maybe trip idea if you want to do a summer vacation? I would say likely, uh, except for there are some national parks which are extremely crowded. Yeah, Take Zion so National hard. Park, uh, where the only way that you can get anywhere is riding a bus, right? right? Unless you ride your bike or run. That might not be the best option for a national park. No, I agree. I, I have a hard time with the national parks idea just because... I, I tell you, every time I go, it's just so crowded. Like I think of trying to go up to Angel's Landing. I don't know if you've done that hike recently, but you're going along that chain, grabbing this chain, going up this crazy, crazy, you know, ledge to, to get up to the Angel's Landing. And it's like everyone's hands are on this on this chain and people are right next to each other. So that's a tough one to balance. But I think we're fortunate in Utah that we know so many great places near the national park, sort of off the beaten path where you can go. And you don't have those crowds. So I think that for me is probably what I'm going to, to look into rather than national parks. Yeah. And maybe you want to have um, lunch with your elderly parents or grandparents. 
Um, perhaps then again, getting outside and being able to put some space in between y'all yeah. uh, would would be something that would you know again you have to take your own current situation and everybody's comfort level into uh, you know that would be better than an inside lunch by far and sure. away. Is it the best option? We're not necessarily saying that you should do that, but you know, how can you manipulate time proximity? And, and then maybe it comes down to protective equipment, you know, yeah. in that situation. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think my, my kind of rule of thumb as I'm looking forward is keep it less than 20 and keep it outside less than 20 people do it outside if you can. And especially if you have at-risk people, um, and even then, I'm I'm just not super thrilled about big groups. But if you know if you're getting together with family, with friends, I think if you're doing it outdoors and it's not a large group and you're not shaking hands and hugging, I think you need to kind of avoid that too. And if you have kids, remind them, hey, we kind of need to keep our distance, but let's spend time together. Let's have a lot of fun together. Um, and if you can keep it outdoors, I think that I really think that makes a big difference. But I will. I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple ideas I've had, Scott, because again, I've kind of struggled as I've looked ahead. Just just starting to really feel restless. The weather's nice. I want to get outside and do stuff. I mean, what do you think about a road trip? Like a road trip with your your spouse, your significant other, a friend. I mean, do you think that's safe? I think you know you're spending time in the house together. So yes, I think where you have to be careful is uh, where you're going to lodge. Um, you know, are you going to be in a hotel? You're going to be in an Airbnb. I've heard they've stepped up their, you know, cleaning and they've also now uh, said that you have to have 24 hours in between guests. That would be the kind of the danger zone for me is where are you staying? If you're renting an RV, um, maybe a little bit more safe because you know, who's been in that thing. So I think something like that's fine. And there again, you can think about it in kind of creative terms. Like it could be, you know, normally we go crowded places. Let's see if we could find the most just off the beaten path place to go to. Right. So and that's kind of how I see that. it too. Yeah. Like kind of like maybe road tripping, not to go to all these different sites and in museums and that, or, you know, but just to see the the country and just see the countryside, just, Hey, we're just going to drive. We've never been here before. Let's just go drive for a day and go to Texas or something crazy, you know, just go see the countryside, drive down through New Mexico, see a place we haven't seen before. So I think in my mind, that seems to me like a, a fun activity. That's a, a reasonable option given the circumstances. Mitch, do you have any ideas on what you might do? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, I hear drive-ins are coming back and there's a lot of ways that <laughs> they, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of ways that they're, that some of the organizations, the actual theaters themselves are starting to change how they hold things and how they deliver concessions and et cetera. So they're going out of their way to minimize contact proximity time. And so you just sit in your car and go buy some snacks and... Yeah, I need to find a good drive-in. Yeah, I am just like, yeah, I just lately, I just like, I just want to go watch a movie or something. I, I don't know. We need to get a good list of drive-ins in the area or something to to go to. Because I think, I agree. I think that's a great idea. On my Facebook feed, I've seen more of these outdoor movie theater screens that just a consumer can buy, whether they're inflatable or whether it's something you just kind of hang out in your backyard. Um, you know, it used to be movie night or watching sporting events. Uh, not that there are any right now. I guess right. reruns of old reruns of, of Michael yeah. Jordan beating the Jazz in 1998. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, COVID, for thanks bringing those memories back. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what those of us in Utah needed right now. <laughs> um, but you know, turning the indoor movie night to an outdoor movie night, and then you know, making sure that if you do have other households or families around, which I, I hear is kind of recommended against, but if you're going to do it, you know proximity and and perhaps mask up and then remember where are the choke points where are you going to possibly be running into people going inside and using the bathroom so maybe you need to figure out a strategy to make that work you know those sorts of things yeah and i mean and i think there's the obvious too i think it's stuff we've been doing just maximizing your 
outdoor exercise, hiking, running, biking, you know, going to a lake and swimming if you want to do that, you know, stuff like that, where there it's pretty much a no brainer. You've got very little proximity, you know, very little time spent next to people. You're outdoors. You don't need PPE. But I think trying to maximize that and just potentially even being creative, maybe combining that with a road trip, like, hey, we're going to do a road trip and then we're going to do a run at these different places or I don't know, something like that. I think it takes a little bit of creativity to really mix it up and make it interesting. But um, that's, I think, the obvious thing that we can really enjoy this summer. All right, time for odds and ends. Uh, We just got one item today. So the Who Cares About Mitch's Health 5K is happening this week. Mitch, how are you doing? You going to be ready to do this 5K? I mean, I know you've been training from couch to 5K. You're doing really well. Then you sprained that ankle. Where are we at now? We're going to get the 5K done, (laughs) depending on how I'm not sure how fast we'll get it done, but we'll get it done. You sure you're 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 feeling okay? Because it sounded like a little earlier, it, it is not feeling great, but you are at least getting around on it. I'm getting around on it. I'm able to go jogging. I'm able to walk on it for long amounts. It's it, it's it's just not quite there yet. And like like last week's episode, Guy said it could take you know six to eight weeks to get back up to back to where I was at. So, I mean, we're on week five, and uh, you know, I'm still I'm still staying positive. I worked this hard, and you know, may as well just go out and enjoy the morning and get get my get my miles in you know that's um that's it's a great thing about having kind of an end goal like this 5k right because if without it you probably wouldn't have been as dedicated to the training as you were and as a result of it you're working through this really kind of difficult sprained ankle time you know five weeks later you're still struggling but you want to see the end of this goal which just really goes i think to show the power of having an end goal in mind you think you'd be here without that I don't think so. I think it would have been really easy to be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> you know, time to sit around all day. So, yeah, I found that when I ran my marathon. Hey, Troy, did you know I ran a marathon? <laughs> I was going to say, I, this is news to me. Please tell us more about when you ran your marathon. I figure that I've got a five year um, limit on before I have to, you know, run another marathon before I can stop That's... talking this one that I ran four years ago. But well, you're about due. So <laughs> it was, yeah. it was the same thing for me, Mitch. Like I really kind of went into that not knowing if I was going to finish it and it was not the way I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted to be able to finish it faster than I was, you know, I knew I was going to, but still, you know, it was, it was a great experience. So I hope this is the same for you. So, well, yeah. And that's, and if the 5k wasn't this week, I would probably not be getting up early and going on walks every morning. You know, I probably wouldn't be doing those active recovery steps that I think really would be needed to get my ankle back up and running. So. All right. Well, yeah. if you'd like to join us, you are an inspiration, Mitch, if you've been inspired by Mitch or well, who laughed? Was that you, Troy? Did you that laugh? That was Mitch laughing. I didn't laugh. I'm I'm fully supportive of Mitch and I am inspired by him. <laughs> I'm just anyway, waiting for my shirt, my 5K shirt with Mitch's face on it. I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> go to the website or actually go to facebook.com slash who cares men's health. Sign up get your bib and then join us on Saturday for the virtual 5k that we're running and uh, show support for Mitch and show that you support, you know, his health and your health as well. All right. Time for just going to leave this here. It might have something to do with health or it might be something completely random. I'm just going to leave this here. There's a guy that I really like on Twitter. His name is Brad Stolberg. And I like him because he has a lot of the same sensibilities as I feel that we do 
in kind of just a very realistic idea of what health and wellness should be. We talk about the core four plus one more here, which is, you know, you get your nutrition, your activity, worry about your mental health, be sure you're getting that sleep and then understand your genetics. And he's very basic the same way. And I wanted to share something that I saw on Twitter that I really like. So he said, people just getting into health and fitness, this is what they say. I'm trying keto. I'm mostly paleo. I'm on the HIT protocol. I track everything. I do lots of recovery. But he says, people who have been doing this stuff for years, and this is where we can learn. I train hard. I eat mostly whole foods. I sleep and I prioritize community. And I just really, really like that because you can get so caught in a, you know, what workout program are you using? What diet are you on? Uh, you know, what types of things there are you like me? Are you tracking everything? But it's the people that have been at it for years that just train hard. They eat mostly whole foods. They sleep and they prioritize community. So I think that's some good words to live by. So thanks, Brad. Appreciate that. No, that is great. I love the simplicity. And so often I think you just you have to keep it simple and you kind of have those core guiding principles. So it sounds like that's exactly what he's doing. Well, Scott, I'm going to leave this here. Just going to leave this here. So I, you know, I talked recently about my new sport being the space station and rocket launching. Now, there are actually some sports on TV now. These sports include uh, bowling and NASCAR. And now I have become a bowling fan and a NASCAR fan. <laughs> this is what it's come to. These are the only sports that are on TV now. So last Saturday evening, I spent my evening watching a strike derby by the Professional Bowling Association and watching NASCAR. I never thought I would say that, but this is where I am. And I'm just going to leave that here. All right. So um, before the the pandemic, Troy, where would have bowling and NASCAR have fallen on your um, like let's say the top 30 things. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I would have watched like reruns of a 1998 college basketball season before I watched bowling, but since I've already watched reruns of 1998 basketball, it is now on to bowling. So this is where I am. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to say the th- uh, things that you say at the end of podcast cuz we are at the end of ours. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so we are in your podcatcher of choice every single week. We're on all the popular ones, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. So go check us out there. And check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash who cares men's health. Also, our website is who cares men's health.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Get your questions, any feedback, suggestions for any topics. Uh, contact us at hello at the scope radio.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring about men's health.